understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back to The Stranded Podcast, guys. I'm so excited for this episode because I have someone for you whose journey is going to light a fire under your butt. Everything about her no excuses mentality and how crazy she's grown in the last year or so is worth everyone's ears taking a listen. I am excited to introduce to you Miss Taylor Clark. Hello. (laughs) Super excited to be here. Thanks for contacting me. Thank you for joining me. I had to. I was like, this girl is a ball of fire. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I tend to go at things a little full force. So uh, I've been told I'm a ball of fire. I've actually gotten the nickname Bulldog by some people. (laughs) So yeah, I, uh, I go after what I like, what I want. But you know, it's, this always seems like such a, um, an odd thing for women. Like men don't know what to do. Well, people don't know what to do when women have that type of mentality. I'm figuring that out, which is so not normal for me. Um, so when I hear, you know, that women aren't, you know, total go-getters, like that's such a commonality between men, I guess. But that's just, how I kind of always grew up, you know, having two entrepreneurial parents and my mom is actually more of the like, we're going to get it than like my dad. My dad's such a teddy bear. Um, so it's kind of funny, like having the opposite dynamic in my household. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about this. So two entrepreneurship parents, this is always, has this always been your journey? How did you grow up? Tell us a little bit more about like little Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, growing up was, Normal for what I thought was normal, but apparently not normal at all. Um, Like, our dinner table conversations would literally be about business. Um, Growing up, it was just, what else do you talk about at dinner? I don't know. We talk about business, how to grow our business, how to improve, how to innovate. Like, that was normal for me. And I didn't know it wasn't normal until I went to friends' houses and they were talking about, oh, how was your day? And they're like, oh, I went to the grocery store. And, you know, like simple conversations. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) This is boring. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is weird. What do you guys talk about? Nothing. Um, So, yeah, growing up, my mom, um, she was in... Mary Kay for a while. Um, yeah. She actually was like at the top of Mary Kay, drove the pink Cadillacs. Um, so like my early, early childhood when I was like up until like three or four, that's what she did. So she would take us with her to her sales appointments and all that stuff. And we would just play with makeup, me and my sister. Um, but then she decided to go full entrepreneur, starting her own business. Um, and that's when she started to get into a catering company. And I literally have grown up in my mom's company. Um, And then my dad, him and his brothers own a company that his father started. And to be honest, I don't really know much about it. It's like industrial air filtration. (laughs) That's about all I know. (laughs) But he's an engineer, so he's smart. He does what he does. Um, 
Yeah, I grew up in my mom's business. I wanted to work. I was like eight years old in the kitchen. They wouldn't really let me do anything because they wouldn't give me a knife. So my earliest memory of working was um, I had the great pleasure of plucking mushrooms, like taking the little caps off of the mushroom. Um, And after, you know, 50 of those, I got pretty bored. So I started to crush them so I didn't have to do it. Yeah. So that was my first job ever. Um, And yeah, I grew up and started to be like officially paid at like 14, 15 years old, whatever that age was um, for legality. And then I, I just, that's all I knew how to do growing up was just work and dinner conversations and, you know, going out, whatever we did, we were always talking about business. We were always talking about how to improve, innovate, how to be ahead. Um, my mom named her company Avanti Mansion and Avanti and I think it's Italian or Latin or whatever she chose language. It, to, it means to progress, to innovate, to move forward, to always be ahead. Um, and that's just how I grew up. And for me, it's still normal. We still just talk about business. My dad and I went out to dinner the other day together and we literally just talked about, Oh, we should start this new company. It's going to be amazing. And it's so different. Like, we're all talking about stuff. So that's that's how I grew up. Very entrepreneurial and apparently not normal. <laughs> you, It is so not normal. And you have no idea how many light years this has probably put you ahead for your young age. Because you're fairly young, right? Am I correct? Yeah, I just turned 24. Oh, my God, girl. <laughs> if I knew the stuff I knew now at 24, I'm 29. I would be. I'd be rich. <laughs> I'm oh. working towards that. That is the goal. <laughs> I can't. Wa- I cannot wait to see you at 26. <laughs> no. Oh my God. I. It really. I have to put myself in perspective a lot of the time. Um, watching Gary has absolutely helped me really set this home. But I always feel like I'm behind. Like I always feel like, oh my God, I have to be faster. Oh my God there's other people my age and they're already so much further ahead. I look at like the Forbes 30 under 30 and I see people who are 18 on there. Like, holy shit. What did (laughs) I do wrong? Yeah. So me looking at other people has always made me feel bad about what I've already accomplished thus far in my life. And it's always made me dwell on where I'm not. Um, As soon as I got that shit out of my head, um, and I stopped looking at others and I started to just look at myself and realize what I've accomplished um, and where I'm going and that I got a good head on my shoulders. It's it slowed me down mentally um, to where I'm not freaking out about where I'm not. Um, so when I'm like, oh, my God, I'm 24. I know that's young. But then in my head, there's always that small places like, bitch, you got to move faster. <laughs> so it's it's a struggle internally, and I'm still working on that. But yeah, yeah, two years, I'll be 26. That's still pretty young. <laughs> young, girl. Once you get to 30, you're like, oh, I screwed up. Like, I'm behind the eight ball. <laughs> but the, compared- well, you're still young. You're still, you've got like another 30 years before you even have to retire, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'm trying to retire way before 60. <laughs> oh, yeah. My goal is 30. <laughs> so we'll see how I do that. <laughs> so you got six years. We'll be watching. <laughs> All right. I bet you will. <laughs> but 
you said that and it's like I feel like you're most certainly not the only person that battles with that because I battle with that I know a lot of people battle with that I create a checklist every morning and if I don't get it done I get in a panic because I'm like you have your goals you know where you want to go but if you didn't get those things done to get closer to them God you know you you lost a day you lost another day but you said it it's really the comparison it's the comparison that is the thief of our joy we are supposed to be living in the moment we are supposed to fall in love with the process and like you said, if you don't stop and enjoy that, you will take away from some of the best moments of this journey. Exactly. And, you know, falling in love with the process has never been something I was taught growing up. It's always been have a goal and go get it. So it wasn't until, you know, I started to follow Gary Vee that he's like, fall in love with the process. And it only made sense to me when I put it in the frame of mind of, the end goal is great and it's always good to have something to strive for, but what if it takes you 10 years to get to that goal? You're going to be miserable every second of those 10 years if you don't love the process. So when he put that perspective into my head, I was like, holy shit, you are correct. Fall in love with the process, love what you're doing every single day, and when you hit that goal... It's just kind of going to be the cherry on top of the sundae. It's going to be so, that much sweeter at the end. Exactly. And I totally believe that. I've been um, studying some of this stuff I heard recently about like when we're goal setting that there's really a feeling we're chasing. That when we when we meet the goal, we are actually looking for a feeling. And so that if you don't, the reverse is, is that if you don't fall in love with the process, when you meet the goal, you still won't be happy. So. Yeah. I did a podcast recently. I was telling everyone I did a TEDx talk and that was like the pinnacle of everything I wanted to do. And after I did it, like a day after I did it, I was like, um, okay, now what? Like, I didn't know how to feel because it was such, such a high leading up to it that afterwards I was like, okay, well that's done. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Like you probably loved the process of getting I did. And, doing it. and now that it's over, What's next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, people have so to keep that in mind when setting goals because some people never think about what that what they'll do once they actually achieve it. And yeah. so it's falling in love with what happens with everything in between and what you learn from it. Yes, exactly. I didn't know you did a TED Talk. You're going to have to send that to me. <laughs> I, I'm waiting on it to come out. I did it two months ago, but I got an email yesterday that it's supposed to be out this week. So I will send it to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so Thank cool. You. I want to talk about this. I was looking at a lot of your content and can we just one talk about how you're like a serial life liver? Like you've been everywhere on planet <laughs> earth, like every country I could possibly think of. I was like, this girl is like, you were like, you reminded me of the mom. I'm fine guy. Like you were everywhere <laughs> taking <laughs> pictures in places. I'm like, that's Sydney. That's Tyler. Like you were everywhere. Was this something you did before your entrepreneurship journey? Did you take time to travel or is this just a priority for you all the time? Yeah, so one of my, probably the biggest passion I have in my entire life is traveling. I grew up going on like one annual vacation a year with my family. And so I grew up, you know, loving going to other places. Growing up in Buffalo, New York, it's very, you know, black and white. Like, it is what it is. Small town doesn't, you know, innovate ever. It's 10 years behind um, so what I grow up in never changed. So traveling for me was like the escape. It was seeing something new. It was realizing new cultures. Um, so I had been 
not like global anywhere, but our vacations would be somewhere tropical, like going down south, going to the Caribbean, things like that. So when I was growing up, I knew when I went to college, I wanted to study abroad. Mm-hmm. It was something that when I found out, I was like, holy shit, I have to do that. Um, so I really started to travel um, outside the U.S. and international when I was in college when I was studying abroad. So um, that was only the last two years of college as well, because I ended up transferring from a fashion school into a normal university. And I went to Italy first. So I was able to travel around Europe when I was there. And I wanted to be a little rebel and decided to go to Morocco. Um, And that was like the most culture shock place I've ever been to because it's so different from everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I studied abroad a second time going to Australia. And that was, that is a country I would move to in a heartbeat if it wasn't so far away. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was in Australia, the furthest I went was Bali. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was about a six or seven hour flight, I want to say, from Sydney. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty far. Um, And that was a really, really, really awesome place. I would go back there as well in a heartbeat. But yeah, I started to really travel and go international. And I wanted to just check off as many places as I could on my bucket list. Um, And I still have so many more places. Thailand is actually on my list to go to next. Um, I I already have a planned trip that I'm going to spend about a month there. So I'm super excited for that. I'm just waiting for the right timing. And I'm thinking about February next year is going to be the right time. But I love to travel. If I could figure out how to make money remotely by traveling, I would do it. Like, if I could start an IGTV channel right now to be the next, like, travel network, I would do it. I would be the face. I'd be so happy. I'll talk about food. I'll do the bizarre food shit. I don't care. I'll eat scorpions. Like, just get me to travel and pay me to do it, and I will be the happiest girl in the world. (laughs) Well, IGTV just came out, so it sounds like you have a business plan. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I'm all going to go in on EG, EG, IGTV um, is definitely going to be a platform I go all in on. I'm super excited about it, and I'm hoping it'll evolve into being, like, my passions, just, like, recording what I love to do. Um, but I think from the beginning, it's just going to be talking about, you know, my experiences so far, what I've learned, what I want to do, um, interviewing people. But eventually, hell yeah, I want to do some travel, some travel vlogs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you are a rare form because I don't know that many people before 24 that have been that many places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to not be normal. <laughs> I did go to Thailand, though, and I will send you some fun stuff. It was the best trip I've ever been on. It was amazing. Oh, my God, please. We'll I would swap, love that. Though, because I want to go to Bali, so we'll swap some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll happily do that all day long. <laughs> I want to, um, you said, I read a quote on your content that I was like obsessed with and maybe it was related to travel. Maybe it was related to more than that, but I want to ask you about this. You said life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. And I was like, how many people spend their day to day? How do I fix my issues? How do I solve my problems? And I just wanted to ask you more about that, what it means to you. It's actually a really good question. Um, Whenever I write or type something, 
shit just pops out of my head <laughs> and something like that'll just come out. Um, even hearing it, it's like, wow, that's good. Like, it yeah, I, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true though. I, I don't think life you're supposed to live it and just live your day to day being unhappy and, you know, just having problems and, problem after problem after problem, living in problems. You're not supposed to be living in problems and solving them all day and just living a mediocre life. I think you're supposed to create experiences with your life and what you gain from those experiences is growth and happiness and you learn. And for me, I just want to live my life and experience things so that I can learn and grow and help others do the same. My life motto has always been live what you love. And I'm actually going to get it tattooed on my forearm like any day now. I'm just waiting for this damn bruise from a bone arrow to go away still from like <laughs> a month ago. Um, but like live what you love is literally what everyone should be striving for in their life. Not, oh my God, I have so many issues right now. How am I going to figure them out? Um, so that's probably what I meant when I said that is experiences are what people should be striving for in their life right now, not focusing on the problems that they have or materialistic things. Like, yeah. I'm talking, I'm meeting so many amazing entrepreneurs and everyone is so focused on traveling and experiences. And if they have family, you know, experiencing those things with their family, I'm, I just had a long conversation with um, someone with a successful podcast that told me about how him and his wife basically gave up everything and moved out of their five bedroom house and got rid of their two Benzes to live in a three bedroom apartment with their two kids. And they're the happiest they've ever been. Like he said, I found myself getting rid of shit that I was like, why do we have this? You know? And it's, he said, it's not like we just like yeah. dumped our cars and everything, but we get to travel and do so much more. And it's, it's stuff that my kids will never forget. Exactly. And that's always been my mentality. I would rather have 10 grand to go on a vacation than to buy a Rolex watch, you know? Right. So for me, I don't need to wear expensive things on my body to show some ego, whatever status thing. I would much rather take that money and go have a life experience that I'm going to remember forever. Um, and it just kind of goes back to I'm obsessed with travel. I'm obsessed with experiences. I'm ex obsessed with living a freaking fantastic life. So for me, materialistic things literally mean nothing. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy I never got to that point where my happiness was dependent on the logo on the handbag I have. I don't know. Speaking of logo... Is are these experiences and all this travel? Is this why you created Digital Nomad Apparel? Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> so I went um, to fashion school because I always wanted to be a wedding dress designer. Shockingly enough, what? Uh, that's yeah, so far fetched. <laughs> I know because my mom she owns a wedding catering company, so that's kind of what I grew up with. Um, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. So I went to California to fashion school. And I ended up falling in love with that California vibe and that lifestyle. So I completely flipped from wanting to be wedding dress designer to wanting to be like an everyday clothing designer, like a lifestyle type designer. Um, and then 
when I graduated and all of that, I was like, screw it. I'm finally going to start it. Um, Gary Vee actually was the catalyst for me actually starting the brand I always wanted. And that's the part um, I didn't know. Was that so? Did was your call after you created the clothing line or before? So the call was 20 days before. Um, so 20 days after I talked with Gary, I officially started it. Okay, so now we got to backtrack. So tell yeah. me how you go from traveling, literally traveling life liver, to getting on a call with the entrepreneur mogul Gary Vee. Yeah, <laughs> so that's another crazy story. You'll love this. So, um, after I graduated, I, you know, was living the story of broke college graduate, moved back home, um, and about a year and a half of living at home, I was not traveling, I was not doing anything passion-wise, so I wasn't doing anything in the fashion industry, I wasn't doing anything business industry, I literally was just working at my mom's company again, um, which is not bad, but it's not what I want to do. So I was living a day-to-day life that I was internally miserable. And when you're miserable, you tend to do things that don't help you in life. Like you just binge watch Game of Thrones all six seasons. It just happens, apparently. Um, So that was my life for like a year and a half after graduating. And I remember somebody told me about Gary Vee around January-ish of 2017 And so I started to follow this guy, and I'm like, yeah, this guy speaks the truth. He's super blunt. I love it. It's just like me. I'm super blunt. Um, And I remember sitting in my bed probably end of February-ish, and I was just thinking to myself and probably talking out loud to myself too, um, man, what I would do to get 10 minutes with Gary Vee. Having 10 minutes with Gary Vee would literally change my life. And literally within a week, um, I ended up, you know, watching Gary Vee live on YouTube. He was doing a stream, and they ended up having um, the Ask Gary Vee show on. So he's like, submit your phone numbers in the comments, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll do that. So I submitted my phone number. Now, I mean, there's hundreds of people submitting their phone numbers. Yeah, he's got so millions like a, of subscribers. Yeah, he's got millions of subscribers. So I'm just following the crowd here, you know? Not actually thinking he would call me. Um, And actually, three minutes into this live stream, YouTube crashed. So I was like, oh, that's over. So I ended up going back to watching TV. Um, And literally, like, three minutes later, I'm getting a phone call from a New York City area code. And I actually almost didn't answer it because I was getting so many telemarketer calls that I'm just so used to swiping and ignoring the call. Um, But I was like, what if... Tim. So I answered it and it happened to be him. And it's just crazy looking back at how that happened. It was I have so to, random. I, so one, we have to talk about law of attraction, but two, I have to think of, so were you at your mom's house still? Yeah. So did you like run into the room like a little girl? Like, were you like, I have to take this phone call? It was funny because I was at home, but everyone else was out. My sister was in the living room with me, and that was it. Um, So she has no idea who Gary Vee is because it was just some guy I'd been following for, like, a month maybe. And I answered the phone, and I remember, like, in the background, um, my sister being like, who are you talking to? Um, And I'm just sitting there, like, totally mind-blown, like, 
this guy's right. Like I remember rewatching it and I had to rewatch it to actually remember what he told me. Cause it was a total blackout moment for me. Right. I just remember after the call, I was so hyped up on adrenaline. Like I had to do something. Um, but yeah, my sister was there. She was in the room and she literally just, when I got off the phone, was saying, who the hell was that? And I'm like, it was Gary V. This is such a big deal. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah. That, so that was me. Um, but yeah, the law of attraction on that is crazy. And I've been, so many other law of attraction things have been happening since then. Um, it's, it's nuts. So nuts. Is it just me or, so we talk about manifestation and law of attraction a lot on my podcast, but to me, it's literally the simpleness of you just believing and like seeing yourself, seeing that happening to you with like zero doubt. Yeah. And for me, I've always been a very certain person when it comes to my goals and dreams and I can vividly see what my life will look like when I've reached that financial freedom mark. Um, so for me, the big dreaming and goal setting has never been a problem. Mm. Uh, I can literally picture the house that I'm going to buy in Hawaii on the water. And it that is the thing that always drives me. But manifestation in the short term, I don't think was ever something... I did consciously, um, but I always had that belief that it was going to happen or that belief that I know I'm going to do that. I just don't know when. Um, but the whole speaking things into existence is one thing. Believing it to your core, like you feel it in your bones, it gives you goosebumps. That and speaking it out loud, I truly believe works now it might not happen tomorrow it might not happen next week it might not happen next year but you best believe it if you continue to feel it in your bones and get goosebumps when you think about it it's going to happen eventually at the right timing and everything in your life is falling together in the moments of for that to roll right into place for the red carpet to roll out right in front of you yeah and literally I went through such internal crap, I guess you could say, for a good chunk of my life. Um, Internal battles, you know, everyone goes through them. Can I do this? Can I do that? All that crap. And once I released all of that, it opened me up to be able to accept all the opportunities that come in front of my face that I never saw before. Um, So even after this whole Gary thing, it was almost like, I completely got rid of every thought or opinion that somebody else is judging me or, oh, my God, I'm not there yet. Like, all that negative, judgmental stuff, I totally got rid of it. And once I did that, it completely opened me up to more dreams, more goal setting, more manifestation. And it's literally been a snowball effect of opportunity after opportunity after opportunity since that call with Gary. Um, So I think the sooner people can let go of all that negative crap in their head and fill it up with complete belief in something, it's going to happen. Like, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you have to fill your cup. 
you can't yeah. allow all that negativity to fill your cup. You have to be the one to take responsibility of filling your cup. But tell, exactly. me, tell my audience what the awesome advice Gary Vee gave you was and why you ended up launching your clothing line in 20 days after that. Yeah, in a nutshell, um, why I had called in and what my question was, was I was in this place, in this negative frame of mind. I was in a rut. That's what I called it. Um, I was in this rut of post-graduation, not knowing what to do. I've always wanted to do something big in my life. Like I said, I'm a huge dreamer. But I was so stuck and paralyzed in my own head because I was watching other people. Um, mm. So he ripped me apart a little bit and was basically saying, stop watching other people. Who gives a shit what other people are doing? Do you. Like, watch what you're doing. What actions are you taking? Stop dwelling on where other people are in their life because you don't know how they got there. It might have been super easy because it was handed to them, or it might have been super hard and you never saw the struggle. Um, so it was a big wake-up call for me to focus on myself, stop giving a shit about other people, what they say, all that kind of stuff. Be authentic, be true to who you are, and go work for it. And so the phone call was basically a huge catalyst of do more, take action, Stop focusing on others. Focus on yourself. And who gives a shit what anyone else thinks about what you're doing? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty powerful. <laughs> it's powerful, but it's simple. It's super so, simple. And it's like we sometimes we can't come to that conclusion. Because I love what you said about like being in this rut. Because everybody gets stuck in this place where they've got all these goals. But they get to some point in their life where they go... Um, well, who am I to be doing something like that? Or I don't know how to clarify what exactly I want to do or what I'm good at. And the simplicity behind just freaking do it mm -hmm. is so hard for us to come to terms with. Yeah. And it's like doing anything. And I've had a couple of different people explain this to me. How did you learn to tie your shoe? I don't know. I just did it. No, well, how did you know to do it? I, I don't know. I was just told to tie my shoe, and I did it. That's how life is. No one knows how to do what they need to do to get to where their goals are until they just freaking do it. And a lot of people are going to trip up and fall and fail in the meantime because you probably didn't tie your shoe perfect the first time either. So it's literally like tying your shoe. You didn't do it right the first time. The more you did it, though, you figured it out. And guess what? Now you're 20 years old and you can tie your shoes all day. Yeah. Um, but you don't know how to do anything when you first start trying to figure it out. You don't know how to do it. You don't know if you're going to do the bunny ears or if you're going to you know, like do the loop and you tie it around. Like There's different ways of how to get there. Or which one is going to be best for you. Exactly. So you just, you have to figure it out as you go. No one knew how to do it until they did. Oh my God. I'm, I love that because I'm so tired of people like, I need strategy and I need my goals. I need smart goals and blah, blah, Just do it and you'll figure it out. I heard a story the other day that I was like, girl, you need to tell everybody that. She said that she had this dream of doing women's events and she found this girl and they partnered together and they did one. And she was like, my only goal was to break even. And I didn't, I ended up blowing like four grand on this event. 
And she was like, I felt like such an idiot because I was like, you know, I had this stupid goal. It didn't work. Now I'm broke, you know, whatever. But she met so many women at the event and they all kept asking her about financial freedom because that was something that she was good at. She'd been in finance forever. And she said from all those questions she got that day, she went home and she wrote them all down and she created a course and she made 40 grand on her course launch. And I'm like, so you never know that even though you might try something and you might fail, it might be what leverages or bounces you into your true purpose. Exactly. And you know, I am an absolute true believer that everything in life happens for a reason. And if you can be in an open, positive frame of mind throughout all the good and bad parts of life, you're going to see that those bad parts are actually the good parts too. So literally, that girl might have lost four grand and been really not happy and thought, my God, I'm a failure and all that crap. But literally, like, losing that money and doing that event was the thing she needed because the people she met and the networking she made was the thing that helped her to create something else, keep going, keep doing more to figure it out. And I just love hearing stories like that. Like, that is so freaking true. Yeah. And to lose four grand to make 40 grand off a course is like, you had no idea what, what was planned for you this year. You had no yes. idea. She was <laughs> investing in her future self. Yeah. <laughs> Self-investment. You had no idea. So tell yep. me, tell me about this 30 day challenge. Oh gosh. So yeah, last year when I talked with Gary, um, and I don't even know if this was like I created the challenge, but he basically told me at the very end of that call to follow up with him in 30 days because he wanted to know what I did. That's some and pressure. I, yeah. It, yeah. So I took that as I'm going to create a 30 day challenge. Um, so I called it the hashtag 30 day Gary V challenge. Um, so that was my version of keeping myself accountable because I'm a very competitive person. So I had to call it a challenge. Um, and I ended up trying to just do literally everything I possibly could. Um, I probably slept on average three to four hours a day for that entire month. Um, I spent the first day or day and a half building a website from scratch, which I'd never done before. I've never, I'm not a web designer. I'm not a web developer. I don't know how to do any of that, so it took me a while to figure that out, um, but I didn't sleep until I got it done, and I just tried to do as much as I could. Um, I remember that 30 days being, I felt so accomplished afterwards, because I remember typing up that email, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the longest email ever, and I kept typing, and I kept typing, and it was like huge freaking email at the end, um, and rereading it, I was like, holy shit, last month. Like, if I was that productive every month, wow. Um, so I just I just did a lot. And some of it was maybe busy work. Some of it was I actually did something. Um, but that's what it was. It was 30 days to see how much I could do. And I just wanted to do as much as I could because I knew getting in the habit of action and getting in the habit of doing more, um, even if I wasn't as productive every month after that, I knew I would be more productive than I was before I talked to him. Would you say the 30-day challenge helped you build your confidence in the long run? I think it kept me accountable to myself. Um, 
Because if I didn't do anything in those 30 days, you know for a fact that all those people who started to follow me because Gary told them to would be shitting on me. Like, they would give me so much crap um, that I probably would have been crippled back down to nothing. Um, So I decided I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to do something. I'm going to show people I can make a change. I'm going to show people who I really am. I know who in my core is. I'm a go-getter. I'm a hustler. Like, I make shit happen. And I wasn't going to let there be any doubt. And probably to myself, I didn't want to doubt myself that that is who I am. That is what I'm going to do. So I kind of took it as I'm resetting the standards for myself. So outside of, I I do want to talk about you going to see Gary Vee, but next. Outside of DNA, what's what's the goal? I think I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, I know like life goals of mine being financially free. I don't ever want there to be a question in my head in my life of I can't buy that experience. I can't buy that thing for my family member. I can't, I promised I'd buy my dad a jet plane. That's a big freaking thing I have to uphold. Um, (laughs) but I don't want there to ever be something that I want to do or I want to buy that I can't because of financial reasons. Um, so for me, financial freedom is so much bigger than buying that car I want. It's buying things for my family they need in the future. Um, so I know what my big goals are, but when it comes to career goals or what's next for me, I'm still fuzzy on it, to be honest. Um, I'm really excited for what I have going on right now. I started a Facebook community. I started, you know, my apparel brand. Um, And I'm figuring out, like, I'm in the middle of figuring it out still of what, how I'm going to grow it, what I'm going to do. So my goals, to be very vague, are to live what I love every single day. I want to wake up, jump onto my bed, so excited for the day ahead of me. And so that's my personal goal. But I want to give that to others, too. I want to be able to help others get to that place. I don't think anyone should wake up having to hit the snooze button a million times because they dread wanting to wake up. Mm. So for me, I've been in that place for so long. I know what it's like. It's so shitty. (laughs) Um, So for myself, I want to get out of that place. And I slowly am. Um, but once I am out of that place, I want to be able to help as many people as I can get out of that place too. So that's kind of what I'm figuring out right now. Well, there's a lot of people in that place. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of people in that place. And I think there's absolutely no reason in today's day and age to be living that way. You're absolutely right. And it takes a while sometimes for people to realize that. Some people are so used to the negative, so used to doubting life, doubting opportunity, doubting experience, um, that it's, it's yep. about time we shine some light on life is literally what you make it. Exactly. It's literally about choices. Yep. Everyone has the choice to live and stay where they are. And most people don't even know that. And you can fight to stay there because a lot of people fight to stay there. Or you can fight to not stay there and not live there and expand and stretch. Exactly. 
So Gary V invites you back. Is this a year later? Yeah. So it didn't happen quite like that. Um, funny story. So there was a contest that Gary was running and I don't even think he knew what, how big the contest was or what the prize would be. Maybe he did. He's very calculated. I don't know. But he put on his Instagram stories because um, a new feature had come out on Instagram where you could now uh, tag and hashtag clickable things in your Instagram bio. So when that came out, he basically said, I want you guys to be creative and it's a contest. Whoever's the most creative putting my Instagram handle in your bio, um, we're going to have an awesome prize for you. And that was it. It was a 10-second Instagram story. So I saw that, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, so I ended up putting it in my Instagram bio. I think it's still what that was today, um, what I put in for the contest. And the Team Gary V Instagram page ended up being the ones who officially ran it. They chose 10 people with Gary V's handle in their bios as, you know, the people they wanted followers to vote on. Um, so I didn't even know I was in the post. They didn't tag us. So my followers ended up seeing it and messaging me and being like, hey, oh, my God, you're in the contest, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no freaking way. Like, I didn't even know. Um, so I was like, hell, yeah, I'm going to win this. I've already decided I'm winning it. Um, so I made a couple posts on my stories and then one post on my actual page Basically just asking my followers, hey, go vote for me. That would be amazing. I would love you forever. Um, and they did. And <laughs> I almost felt bad for, like, the other people in the contest. There was there were people with follower counts of, like, 120,000 followers. What? And little old me of 25,000 crushed everyone else who was in the top ten. Um I think my number was like three or something. So when you scrolled through the comments, all you saw was three, 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 three. Like it was just rolling numbers of threes. Um, so there was no doubt that I was winning, but they hadn't announced anything until like two days later, four days later, something like that. Um, and they ended up announcing it on their Team Gary V stories page saying, hey, you won. We're flying you out to New York City. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and then it took like another couple of weeks um, emailing back and forth with some of Gary's team members um, what actually was happening. And I didn't actually know anything about what was happening until I got there that day. Holy cow. And this was all off the hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, life can change from a hashtag, apparently. <laughs> Just so you know. If you didn't know, now you do. It can be that simple. Yep. So you meet with Gary V. Tell me about that experience. So my day with Gary was mostly actually a team, just or mostly a day of being with the team at Gary's office. Um, so I got flown in at like 7 a.m. and I got flown back out at 7 p.m. So I was there for a full day. And I originally get there, and I'm meeting with Alex. She's the one I've been emailing back and forth the whole time. She's Gary's assistant, executive assistant. Um, and the whole team is just so freaking cool. Um, so after about being there an hour, an hour and a half, I finally met with Gary. 
and it was really funny. Um, and maybe this is just me, but maybe maybe Gary realized it too. Um, when I was originally walking with Alex down the hall to where you know Gary's office is in the back corner, um, and where by the way his team of twenty two people who just work on his personal content are. I was um, just going to ask how many people are on his team. 22 people Gary has working on his personal content. Wow. Um, that's not even company who works on other people's brands. That's just him. Just him. Yep. Which I thought was like, holy shit. Um, but anyway, so when I was walking down that hallway, when I first got there, I was just looking at all the glass rooms, all the glass conference rooms. And I looked in the one, and I ended up seeing Gary. And then I swear, Gary looked right at me. We locked eyes. And <laughs> you see me, I see you. <laughs> I felt it. I was like, oh, he sees me. Um, but I don't know if he knew who I was or who I was, you know. I didn't know. Right. But that was the moment that I swear I just had. Um, and then I keep walking. And then it's time to finally meet Gary. And he is so nice and so genuine like I feel like people will understand that if they follow him but meeting him in person and actually feeling the genuine you know energy and everything was so cool um so when I first got there the first thing I said was just like thank you oh my god you like helped me so much and I got a little emotional um and then I just went into conversation, and all these notes I had of questions I wanted to ask him, totally did not answer or ask any of them. Um, and he just pretty much asked me about what I was doing. I told him, and his answer was basically, yeah, you're on the right track. Keep going. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and that was about it. And he left, and I think the whole conversation was maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um and then he was on, moving on to, you know, busy guy. And then D-Rock, right afterwards, asked if he could interview me. And I was like, <laughs> me? Sure. Let's do this. Um, so then that happened. And then I went on and I talked with the whole team. Alex wanted to introduce me to literally the people who are on Gary's personal team. Um, so I met Gary's brother-in-law, Justin. He's so cool. Um, he gave me a personal tour of the entire place and I had long conversations with a lot of the key members at Gary V. When I was there I just felt like I was home. Like these people were so cool. I related to them. Like we instantly all clicked. Um it was a very, very, very cool experience. So yeah, I just kind of chatted up with everybody and it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Did you get any advice that day that was just astounding? Anything that you were like, this has changed me forever. No, honestly, um, the day was more about reiterating what I was doing was right. Um, it was a very calming experience, I would say, a very, like, humbling experience. Um, I wouldn't say it was, like, oh, my God, life-changing, like, the very first conversation I had with him. It was very much what I'm doing is right, stay patient, slow down, what you're doing is correct, and just keep going. So that was, it was a great yin and yang for me. Like the first time I talked with Gary, it was very harsh, intense, getting me to move and get into action. But I, since, I think since I've been there, um, 
that this was just a keep doing what you're doing type of conversation. And I think it was exactly what I needed to hear. I love it because you went from get off your butt and make a move because you were stuck in the decision-making phase. And now you made the move, you know exactly what you're doing. And now it's just, and that's the process now. Now you're in the process. And that's, I am. that's what I like because it's that hurry up and finish the goal. And what I've heard from successful entrepreneurs is like, yeah, you see me making money. You see me doing well, but I've been doing this and growing my audience and my email list for five, six, seven years. So then yeah. once you get to the phase, after you've made the decision, after you've gotten off your butt, after you're, you know, you've identified what you want to focus on. Then you just have to live in it for a while. Yeah. And I love that he said that to you because it was like, okay, well, now you did what you needed to do. Now you just have to live in it. Yeah. Now you just have to keep going. This is the process now. Yeah. It's, it's cool when I really take a step back and I look at like what I'm doing to really realize I'm in the middle of it, which is why I want to document so much more than I have been. Um, I really want to get a vlog, like daily vlog going, which is why I'm so excited for the launch of IGTV. Um, I, I know when I start to record more and I really capture the shit I'm going through five years from now, when I do make it, whatever that make it looks like, I can look back and actually have the proof of that is where I started. That was what I was doing. I was just like all of you. To be able to show it versus just talk about it, it's mm-hmm. a totally different game. Like if Gary recorded him working at Wine Library when he was in his 20s versus now when he talks about how much he works, yeah, we hear him and yeah, we probably believe him. But to see it, that would solidify and create no doubt that, yeah, he worked his face off 20 hours a day. Um, so I'm excited to actually be implementing that and see what it turns into five years from now. Please document this because then you'll do like, you can do like 29 before 30. Here I am before 30. This is what I said I would do six years ago. Here I am. Yes, yep. please put it all on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking to do. YouTube, IGTV, whatever the heck platform comes out. Exactly. I'm just excited to put it out there. I'm excited for you. Last question. Tell me what your advice would be to 19-year-old Taylor that was super unsure, struggling in school, knew you wanted to do something big but was clueless. What would your advice be to her? Probably the best advice to get it through her thick skull would be, girl, it's going to happen. Believe and trust that the life you've always wanted is going to happen. But know the only way it's going to happen is if you make it happen. So work, keep doing it, try everything. You won't know what you love to do until you find out what you don't love to do. So try everything, keep going, keep working. You'll do it one day. You'll make it. Hmm. I love try everything because I have a lot of girls I know that are in their 30s right now stuck, confused about going from a job to a career because they never identified anything they love. And I'm like, you don't have any kids. You can try anything you want and you can't lose. Literally, if you're stuck and you don't know what you want to do and you're like, I just don't want to be where I am, the only way to get out of it 
is to literally try everything. Because if you don't know what you love to do, the first step to actually figuring out what you love to do is figuring out what you don't love. Because at least you can do process of elimination. Literally, that's step one. I tell people that in relationships. Like, oh, I can't find the right guy. I'm like, well, at least you know what you don't want. That's a good start. (laughs) Exactly. Same thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for this invigorating story about meeting your celebrity crush almost. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And that anything can happen if you just law of attraction it. Tell my audience where they can find you, where they'll be able to find you and get that help that you're talking about giving the world about getting out of this, this phase and, you know, loving the, uh, lo- say it again, loving the life. Live live. what you love. Live what you love. Helping people live what they love and, uh, and just becoming the better version of themselves. Tell them, tell my audience where they can find you, where they can stalk yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, stalk me, please. Um, <laughs> so my main platform on social media is Instagram and my handle is the fabulous journey. Very fitting. I would say, um, yes. it does have a website as well. Not as active on it. And the Facebook community that I am growing and being very, very involved in um, is called The Digital Era. So on Facebook, you can look up The Digital Era. That is my community. Um, Yeah, those are really the two hubs that I'm using. Instagram, Fabulous Journey. And then on Facebook, my community is The Digital Era. They can also check out some of your YouTube videos and your journey meeting Gary Vee on YouTube, right? Yeah, my YouTube channel, um, I think the backslash on that is Taylor Clark, The Fabulous Journey. I can't change it, and I'm really mad about it. I should have just made it The Fabulous Journey. But if you Google, um, not Google, if you go on YouTube and you look up The Fabulous Journey, you should be able to find it. Nice. And where can I grab some DNA clothing? Oh, yeah. So DNA is my apparel company, digitalnomadapparel.com. Nice. For the traveling junkie, because I know a lot of them. <laughs> As, oh my God. And I, you know, we had this really cool campaign video made by these two Instagram influencers. And it is so cool. And it's the life I want to live. But you know what? I'll pay and support theirs for a minute until I can get there myself. <laughs> but it's a very, very cool brand for creatives, entrepreneurs, hustlers, travelers, wanderlusts. Like you name it, it's all encompassing of that. Part of the investment. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Well, I had such a blast talking to you today. Thank you for sharing your story with my audience. And we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. This was so much fun. So happy to be on. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.